Welcome to the Kingdom Influencing Podcast, and I'm your host, Derek L. Calhoun. KIPP, for short, brings you an exclusive look at the nature of humanity as we interface with culture and society in and out of our relationship with God. It explores the unique and contrasting position of having a biblical worldview versus a secular or societal worldview. I will explore these topics using the powerful and dynamic tools of the didactic narrative, teaching a relevant truth through storytelling, biblical exposition, teaching Bible principles, and of course, real talk. My background scans a diversity of over 35 years of work in education, government, law, ministry, business development, and consulting, respectively. Each guest speaker will bring a variety of wisdom and insight to life topics and situations that we encounter on a daily basis. So all I need you to do now as listeners is to sit back and enjoy the podcast, spread the word about KIPP, the Kingdom Influencing Podcast, and I will be your host, Derek L. Calhoun. That's hashtag KIP, hashtag KIP. Help me to make KIP your favorite Friday podcast. Now, let's get started. Hey, welcome back, KIP Nation. Welcome to another podcast presentation that was specifically prescribed, prayed for, just for you. Listen, I want to call your attention to a couple of things because I know I want to get to this podcast and I I want to talk about... um, the best practices in leadership and leadership development, but we also need to be clear on world events, uh, things going on in the world today, that we may not feel a direct impact, but we should be impacted, particularly those who represent the body of Christ. We need to be praying uh, for the people in Ukraine. Uh, We need to be praying for these families. We need to be praying for People who are being terrorized by bombs and tanks and, you know, uh, soldiers and just the the myriad of of things that come with the war. Uh, Watching buildings fall, uh, bombs being dropped in backyards. I mean, just a, a number of things that happen during this season. People being misplaced, people losing their homes, losing their jobs. Just imagine you... One one day you're going to work, the next day you're dodging tanks. It's it's incredulous. It's it's hard to understand. It's hard for us to particularly fathom. Even though we had a nine eleven, this is nine eleven every day. So um, we need to be very very prayerful for for Ukraine. We need to pray for peace. Uh, we need to pray also for the Middle East. And while we're praying, and we need to pray for Israel. So let's remember and don't forget to pray for your own country, whatever country you may reside in, because there is something going awry uh, social, economically in every country in the world today. The world is tossed like a salad into turmoil. And so we have to be very, very uh, prayerful about the nations and the direction that the nations are going in. And we all know that we need help from God. I also want to take the time to really uh, celebrate and honor my spiritual father, Bishop Vaughn Monroe McLaughlin. 
This is his 23rd year as a consecrated, duly consecrated bishop in the Lord's Church. He was consecrated back on March 6, 1999, and we're going to be celebrating him uh, this week and uh, just uh, sending him cards. You can go to tphim.org if you want to send a message to him and share your love for him or your love for his ministry. Um, but I just want you to, to know that when a man is consecrated a bishop, he dies to self and he dies to self for us. And so let us be uh, cognizant. Let us uh, not take this time for granted. Join us in celebrating him. He just preached one of the most positive, positively impacting messages, uh, apostolic prophetic messages that I've heard in recent weeks on uh, just being alert and aware of what's going on and what's coming and also how God wants us to deal with it. The message is called Jesus Already Told Us What to Do. So if you haven't heard that message, you can go online, tphim.org, hear the message. I promise you, I promise you, it will bless you. It will bless you. I promise you. And it brings awareness to the times that we live in. These are critical and perilous times. So let's be prayerful. Remember, the fervent and effectual prayer of the righteous availeth much. Amen. Amen. So let me... Uh, hasten on and let me get into this uh, message today. I said that we'd be talking about best practices in leadership and leadership development, best practices in leadership and leadership development. I spoke earlier about my bishop and I want to give you a piece of wisdom that he gave me many years ago. Uh, and it comes just, it's, it's said, just stated just like this, simply stated, people come before buildings. And this brings us to wisdom point number seven, wisdom point number seven, people come before building and the people that come before your buildings are those people that include your spouse and your family. So not only do your employees and your parishioners come before the building of operation and manifestation and vision, but so do your spouse and your family. And yet we have to be very, very careful not to limit them the necessary access that they need to us as uh, heads of household, because that's another place where these leadership principles should be actively engaged is in our own homes. So do not neglect the issues and concerns of your family. If a person doesn't rule their house well, they will not rule the church, their business, or nonprofit well. So remember that. Make sure that you spend time with your family, go on vacations, try to go on them three to four times a year. If you can't afford it, do a staycation, but spend time with your family, spend time with your kids. You may have to spend time with them individually, spend time with your wife. But the point of the matter is we need to spend time with the people that mean the most to us and the people that have access to sharing things with us that no one else can. All right. Leaders know that iron sharpens iron. Number eight. Leaders know that iron sharpens iron. Just because you think you are approachable doesn't make you approachable. All right. We need people in our life. When iron sharpens iron, you're going to see friction. You're going to see sparks. You're going to see uh, uh, a consternation, if you will, metal on metal, the shrieking sound. It, it's something that we need to understand that we need people in our life who will tell us the truth. So 
Have one, uh, one-on-ones with your most trusted and godly team members and ask them if you are approachable. Now, you can't do this with everybody, but there are a couple of people in your group, a couple of people that are your employees, a couple of people who are in your inner circle that will be honest with you, godly honest with you. Give them permission to speak freely. People will confide in them before they confide in you. So oftentimes they have the information that we need, information that will help us to become better leaders or information that will give us a heads up, that will uh, give us an advantage in leading people. Um, But people will tell them before they tell us. So we need to have that kind of camaraderie, that kind of trust that type of commitment to leadership around us. We need truth around us. This truth will set us free. All right. Number nine. The thing about these meetings is they can also help to sharpen your emotional intelligence, expose blind spots and stress fractures that have the potential to crumble and eventually destroy the continuity of your team. It will destroy the community of your uh, group. It, it will just destroy it. So we have to be very careful uh, to have these meetings to allow our blind spots to be exposed, to to know what's wrong and what we can do better so that our emotional intelligence can grow. You know, a, a leader that has poor emotional intelligence is a poor leader. It's, it's as simple as that. We need to know that we don't make everybody happy and everybody doesn't love us and everybody's not in love with what we do and say. And so we need to understand the weight of our words. We need to understand the intent of our words. We need to understand the perception of our words. How do people perceive what you say? And does that impact them negatively or positively? What is the status of my influence with the group that I have oversight or oversee or have responsibility over? What what do they say about me? Okay. So uh, let's, let's move on. Um, But I want to continue to say this, that if you don't have these meetings, if you don't sharpen your emotional intelligence, if you don't allow them to expose your blind spots, these stress factors will come. And this will become an impediment to vision, making further uh, growth and development impossible. It will stunt the growth of the organization. Unexposed corporate angst and dissension can turn productivity into busyness and grind outcomes to a screeching halt. Unexposed corporate angst. All right. Well, then people are disgruntled. People are, are, are going through. People are dealing with the, the environment and the state of things. Dissension. When, when we're not together, when, when we're not on one accord, we need to be on one accord. So let me continue to tie all of this together because these points kind of go together, as you can probably tell. But number 10, the worst leadership state or situation is when a beleaguered leader has been put in a hamster cycle with wounded team members who are looking for new leadership, patronizing you out of respect, and generally speaking, just marking time. A beleaguered leader, a leader that's in a very difficult situation. The word beleaguer even talks about being surrounded or being besieged by an army. And so we have to get to a place where we see these things and see them out of our spiritual eyes so that we know, hey, it's time to make some changes. 
the organization has plateaued. It is at this point you reach what we call market saturation or the margin of diminishing returns. And I always use Charlie Brown's teacher uh, when he was sitting in class and the, the day went on and on and on and they were blah, 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 blah. You what she, she was talking, but she wasn't communicating. Ah, a lot of people talk, but they don't communicate. And so um, we want to make sure that we're still in the phase of communication, but it, it happens. It doesn't matter how brilliant you are, how smart you are, how well you study. It's not about that. And I'll, I'll get into that a little later, but option number one, when your organization has plateaued, there are two options, okay? So option number one, you can do nothing and let the organization slip into decay and eventually death by plan obsolescence. A plan obsolescence is simply when you, you see this in cars, you pay it off and then it falls to pieces. It's knowing that it's going to fall to pieces and yet doing nothing about it, okay? We can know that our business is going to fall to pieces. I mean, we can look today. Who would ever think, uh, at least when I was growing up, I never thought Sears would go out of business. I never thought Lord and Taylor would go out of business. I never thought uh, 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 Beersdorf would go out of business. You know, they, there's so many uh, companies that you can look around the country. So you look at some of the main companies around your area, linen and things and, and places like that. You never thought they'd go out of business, but they have gone out of business. They, we, they were not prepared for this new season. We have to be prepared for the new season, for things to come that were unexpected. And so part of that is having someone in the leadership saddle who is has the mindset to deal with what's going on today. So, so watch this. Again, two options. You can do nothing and slip in a plan, obsolescence. And number two, you can have crucial conversations with necessary counsel. There's, there's wisdom in the multitude of counsel. And begin to transition in preparation for change and a new era of continued success. Here's the thing I need you to know. And I need you to think about very carefully. I need you to think about this. Because we're coming to a close. But I, I need you to think about this. Know when you have plateaued as a leader. Now, I want to say this. I want to say this. This isn't even in my notes. It's not a negative thing to plateau. It's not a negative thing to be in a, a place in your life where, you know, it's time to make a change. That's not a negative thing. We have to understand that God only wanted us to carry the mantle or to carry the baton so far. And when, just in a regular race, it's either a 100-meter carry, a 200-meter carry, or a 400-meter carry, but no one's asking you to carry the baton four times. You get one season to run that race, and you turn it over to the next person. And you've only run until the place where that, uh, it's that, it's a space that you have to hand that baton off and then you have to stop and allow the other person to run. We need to be uh, cautious and careful and prayerful being able to accept that as a responsibility and accept that, hey, I've done my part. I've completed my portion of the race. 
Okay? So, what am I saying? You don't have to complete the entire vision. Vision starts with us and transitions to someone else and transitions to someone else. It may be three, four, five, six, maybe ten people later before the vision is totally achieved. That's not the issue. The issue is that you do your part as unto the Lord and you do it faithfully. So, know when your part of the vision has been achieved. Know when it's time to pass the baton. Don't wait till you are a broken, battered, wounded warrior. Pass the baton while you still have strength and influence. And this is critical. This is critical. Strength and influence. Pass the baton while you can impart and demonstrate oversight. So you can help your successor. Help the people. You, you, you want to be in a place where you can uh, give scaffolding advice and scaffolding wisdom. All right? So watch this. Oversight is the critical component of transition where you teach your mistakes, revisit your victories, encourage your successor, and become a scaffolding source of wisdom and support without dominance, jealousy, or envy or duplication. The person coming behind you should not be a duplicate of you. If the person is a duplicate of you, then again, the organization will run aground. We need an individual that is just that, an individual with their own concepts, their own ideas, but it adds to the context of the vision and produces maybe a greater outcome than we were able to produce, but your part was never unnecessary. Your part was always necessary. So be careful to make that transition and not to get caught up in how they do things as long as they do what needs to be done to add to the work that God gave you to do. But essentially, we're all building on the foundation of Jesus Christ. So hear the voice of the Lord before you die saying, well done, my good and faithful servant, before you transition to heaven. Hear the voice of the Lord. I mean, just hear it. You hear it in your heart because you know you did the right thing. You did what was best for the organization. Number 12, we need to say this, and I need to say this just as a closing premise. I, I need to say this as a closing premise. Your call to the service of the ministry demonstrates your willingness and ability and availability to serve God. Your ministry glorifies you, but your purpose glorifies God. Bishop used to always teach us that ministry glorifies you and your purpose glorifies God. The purpose is the reason you were put in the earth and why you were put in the earth and what you were supposed to do while you're here. So listen to this. It's time to let God recreate you, to reimagine you. Allow God to recreate you. Allow him to reimagine you. Allow him to repurpose you. Take time to strategically reacquaint yourself with God. We all have seasons where we could get closer to God. We've been close, but we could be closer. Allow him to put you on the potter's wheel so you can be reimagined by his glorious hands and set into the place of purpose. This is the evolution from just calling and ministry, moving to that place of purpose. Now you are moving to an epic life with God after years of faithful and trusted sacrifice. It's time for you to see why God put you in the earth. The next duty station will be your best. It will expose your highest and best use, and most of all, it will glorify God.
Remember, to walk in purpose has cost you something. So then go ahead and walk it out, namely your life. But you will be better because of it. We often comment on how anointed a person is, but you have no idea what they have been through to be that anointed. If you want to gain your life, you will have to lose it. Now listen to this. You can't be afraid to be broken because when God puts you back together, you will be stronger than before. This is my quote. You cannot be afraid to be broken because when God puts you back together, you will be stronger than before. In order to be repurposed, in order to be reimagined, in order to transition from ministry to purpose, you will have to be broken and you will have to submit to doing some things that are unfamiliar to your space, but it is never unfamiliar to God. I, I have a, a closing note from a good friend of mine, Pastor Glenn Henderson. He preached one Sunday and he, his message inspired me and said, nothing happens by accident. Where you are is not by accident. The corporation you work for is not by accident. The nonprofit you're working for is not by accident. The reason you're listening to this message today is not by accident. You are here today because it was an appointed time to begin to pull in and listen to some best practices in leadership and leadership development, make some changes, and become a better you. All right? You've been listening to the Kingdom Influencing Podcast. If you have questions or comments or you were blessed by this podcast, please feel, feel free to hit us at kipnationpodcast at gmail.com. kipnationpodcast at gmail.com. Uh, we will get back to you as soon as we can. I also want to tell you to make sure you subscribe, make sure you share, and make sure that you have a wonderful, wonderful, blessed week. Until next week, we love you. Take care. God bless.